Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. And today's episode is going to be a power-packed one. You will probably want to take notes if you are driving or working out. Don't worry, I got you covered over in the show notes, which will go through everything we talk about today in detail. So if you wanted to take notes but couldn't, or you want to take notes on my notes, just go to the show notes page, primalpotential.com forward slash 674. That is where you will find the show notes for today's episode. I wanted to do this particular episode very specifically on the heels of last week's episodes where I talked to Beck Sadik, I talked to Megan Valentine. If you have not listened to those two episodes, you will want to go back and do so. What really stood out to me having those conversations with two really powerful human beings, two really successful human beings, people who created success in spite of adversity, created success even with very full lives and multiple children and all sorts of competing priorities that convince many of us we can't create success or for some people they're the reasons they use as to why success hasn't happened yet. And there were so many similarities that came up in those conversations. As an exercise purely for myself, what I did, because I recorded both of those episodes on the same day, I was so struck by the number of similarities that came up in the conversations. In part of my daily reflection, at the end of that day, I sat down and I said, what were those commonalities? And when I look at people I know or people that I have talked to or people that I've even read about who have created big success in spite of significant obstacles, what are those tenants? What are those pillars? And it was such a great exercise for me, not only to synthesize my thoughts, but also to check myself. Where do I need to do some work? What have I noticed that is really responsible for the areas of my life where I've created success that's maybe lacking from areas where I haven't. I spend a lot of time talking to people like Megan, like Beck, uh, who have created great success, and it's impossible to not see the parallels in the things that they do. And I also spend a lot of my time working with clients or or emailing with, with clients that are struggling. So it's easy to see the contrast. This person is struggling because they lack one of these pillars that somebody else really lives by to create success. What I wanted to do today is is share that list that I started after my conversations with Beck and Megan. And then the next day, I 
reached out to my coach. I reached out to a couple of my mentors. I reached out to a few people in my mastermind who I know have created success through real legitimate barriers, struggles, obstacles, things that so many people stop at, so many people use as a limitation. And I, and I asked them, you know, if you had to summarize a couple of things that are critical to your success, that really broke you out of the struggle and created success for you, what are those things? And yet again, so many commonalities. And the thing I love about that is that it makes it simpler for all of us. It's not like there's 10,000 different things we need to do to be successful because that would be way more challenging. There's really just a short list. And, and within this short list, what you'll see is that so many of them are connected. So if we can start to work on one or two of these, then the next one or two that we move to after that are going to feel easier because they really are so interwoven. It fired me up because I used to think that success was really hard, that success was so far out of reach and was going to be really challenging to accomplish, maybe not even worth it, maybe not even possible for me. But when you start to see that the habits are really straightforward and really related. It feels so much more achievable and even better than that. There's probably two or three or maybe even five or six things on this list that you're already doing. So you just have to focus on the ones that maybe you're not doing or are not yet strengths for you or maybe you kind of get it sometimes but not all the time and you need to create consistency. But you're almost there. We do not have to live in the struggle. Oh my goodness, guys, if I could get inside your heads and make you certain of one thing, it would be that we do not have to live in the struggle. Whether the struggle is financial, we do not have to continue to live in that struggle. There are other options. There is a way out. Or that struggle is physical with your health. We can create progress. We can make big strides. We do not have to remain in the struggle. Or your mindset that feels like it's been a battle for your whole life, it does not have to remain that way. And I could get on that soapbox and stay on that soapbox for 100 years, and heck, I probably will. But let's dive into these 10 rules for success and really pay attention to as you take notes, is this a strength for me? And if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. Because we don't want to go, well, I mean, sometimes, because if that's the case, then no, it's not a strength. You have room for improvement. Let's mark that off as something you can continue to practice, you know? If it's a hell yes, awesome. You're there on that. And we can put the attention and focus on the other things. So the 10 rules for success, the 10 things that differentiate people who are in the struggle and feel maybe a little stuck from people who are making big moves and creating massive strides regardless of their life circumstances or their financial circumstances or their family circumstances. The first of those 10 rules is that successful people pay attention instead of avoiding. 
And you all know, you had to have known, if you've been listening for a while, you had to have known that was going to be right at the top of the list because awareness, paying attention, is the first thing I work with all of my clients on. Whether, you know, we're talking about the master's club, we come back to that again and again. And within the 12 weeks to transformation, it's where we start. And we spend a few weeks on awareness and then, heck, we come back to it every week over the 12 weeks. Paying attention instead of avoiding. This came up in my conversation with Megan Valentine because she put a quote in her book about there's, there's two ways to go through life, the way of attention and the way of avoidance. It is, in a moment of struggle, tempting to avoid because we don't have to face it. Whether we are avoiding our feelings or we're avoiding our goals or we're avoiding a tough conversation or we're avoiding honesty with ourselves or sometimes all of the above. In the moment, that feels easier. But in the long run, it is not easier because that choice to avoid what you really want, your goals, your emotions, your finances, whatever it is, that moment where you choose to avoid is the moment when you choose to stay in the struggle. Successful people pay attention instead of avoiding. And this takes a lot of different forms. It could be paying attention and asking the question, what do I really need in this moment? I know for myself, if I had asked that question, what do I really need in this moment, on those days where I would drive home from work, stop at the gas station, get Hostess cupcakes, Cheez-Its, a pint of ice cream, and sour gummies, if I had asked, what do I really need in this moment, pretty sure that Hostess cupcakes, Cheez-Its, a pint of ice cream, and sour gummies would not have made the list. It was not what I needed. I was avoiding how I was feeling. So many times when my marriage was struggling, if I had asked myself, if I had paid attention instead of avoiding and asked, how do I really feel? What do I really need? It would have changed. It absolutely would have changed the outcome of my marriage. Now, sort of sidebar here, and maybe this is more for me than it is for you, maybe both, That doesn't mean that I look back with regrets. On everything that I reflect on, I'm doing it from the standpoint of what did I learn so that I can do better. So that now in my relationship, when I feel a certain way, I communicate it. I pay attention to it. Sometimes it begins with communicating it to myself Why am I angry? How do I really feel? What is behind this? Why do I feel sad? What do I really need? That's one of the things that makes my relationship work now. It's what makes my relationship successful now and was what made my previous relationships unsuccessful. Paying attention instead of avoiding can mean, is this how I want to be? Whether that's when you're snapping at your kids or somebody you love, or it's when you're gossiping, or it's when you're eating Taco Bell in your car on your way home for dinner. Is this how I really want to be? That is what it can look like to pay attention instead of avoiding. I used to avoid so much. 
I avoided my credit card statements. I avoided tough conversations with people on my team at work. I avoided tough conversations with my family. I avoided tough conversations with friends. I avoided tough conversations with my former husband. And I absolutely avoided my goals when I was running into the gas station to get all of that food or when I was going through the drive-through to order two Chick-fil-A breakfasts for my one breakfast prior to my morning snack when I wasn't really hungry. I was absolutely avoiding my goals. I avoided my body. I canceled doctor's appointments for years because I didn't want to get on the scale. And I didn't want to have a conversation about my health with a medical professional or anyone, including myself. I wouldn't look in the mirror. I didn't turn the lights on in the bathroom. Successful people pay attention instead of avoiding. That's why I do my monthly financial statement every single month, especially on the months when I don't want to. I'm looking at my net worth. What are my total assets? What are my total liabilities? Every single month, I carefully review the documents my bookkeeper sends me before I send them to my accountant. Every single day, I look at my naked body in the mirror, no matter what. Every single day, I write down what I eat, how much, and when, and how I feel, especially on the days that I don't want to. And that is such a stark contrast to the way I lived when I was avoiding. Successful people pay attention. They pay attention to their finances. They pay attention to their health. They pay attention to their choices, to their thoughts, to their feelings, to their relationships. And in, if you're looking, you know, I used a couple of questions here. If you're looking for questions to ask yourself, like, okay, I want to pay attention, but I'm not sure how, Tracing Cupcakes is one tool for that. I know I've mentioned that in the past few episodes um, because it has about 200 questions that you can ask yourself. And if you're somebody who says, yes, I know that I'm avoiding, but I'm not quite sure how to pay attention, that might be a, that might be a good place to start. Or any of the questions that I just asked here, right? What do I really need? How do I want to feel? Is this how I want to be? Is this who I want to be? The second rule for success, the second thing that differentiates people who stay in the struggle and feel like change is hard from people who are making big change despite their circumstances is that successful people create clarity. They create clarity. This came up um, in my conversation with Megan as well. It came up in my conversation with my coach. Every single person that I talk to about their pillars for success mentioned this in some way, whether that was in the form of vision, goals, clarity, uh, future intentions. It all came back to this one thing. They know what they're trying to do. They know what they're going for. And here's the asterisk. Here's the part that like a lot of people I think skip over. They keep it top of mind. I don't know about you, but I have set a lot of goals and I never kept them top of mind. And so I would just go through the motions day after day and then months would go by and I would be like, crap, totally didn't hit that goal. You know, maybe you get all geared up for New Year's resolutions, but you don't keep them top of mind. And so you continue to live in those past patterns. They create clarity. They have a very clear vision. They set goals and they keep that top of mind. 
in most cases, they bring their attention to it every single day. I'm always sharing with my 12 Weeks to Transformation clients my own process for creating clarity every day. And I do this through journaling, but I also do this when I'm taking a shower, or I'm driving in the car, or I'm trying to fall asleep at night, or sometimes before or after I meditate. I think about what I really want for my life. And, and it's different every single day, right? That's okay. Clarity and vision doesn't mean that these things remain the same. Mine evolve constantly. And some days, I'm really keeping top of mind the vision I have for my relationship, my romantic relationship. And I'm bringing that top of mind so that when we're interacting, maybe there's a tense moment, maybe there's a disagreement, maybe we're just so busy and tired that we're like, yeah, hey, what's up? Let's go to bed. When I keep that vision that I have for my relationship top of mind, I'm much more deliberate in the words that I speak, in the things that I do, in the things that I don't do, in the effort that I make. And sometimes that, that vision that I have, that clarity that I have is about what I want for my career. And I keep that top of mind so that as I'm making decisions day to day, I'm really doing so from the standpoint of this is how I want my work to go. This is how I want my career to be. This is how I want my team to be. It's not enough to set a goal. I want to make this much money in my business this year or I want to, you know, write a book in this timeline. We have to keep it top of mind so that it informs our daily actions. Creating clarity, again, can be setting goals, establishing priorities. It doesn't really matter, but the alternative is for people who are struggling, for people who aren't creating changes, either they set these goals and they have this vision, but it's not top of mind, or they're so busy going through the motions that they know they want something more for their life or their finances or their career or their relationships or their health and their body, but they don't have any specificity to it. All of you guys know, if you've been listening for a while, that I am building a business outside of Primal Potential as well because it excites me, because I love diversity, because I don't want to have all of my eggs in the basket of primal potential, because I believe in diversification for financial freedom. And we have team meetings every single week. And I am always coming back to the necessity of specific goals. It's not enough to say, oh, I want to make more money. Oh, I want to do better this month. We have to be specific. What exactly do you want to create as an outcome this month? And what are you going to do about it today? I had lunch with a friend yesterday. Uh, and this is somebody I met through CrossFit. She's an amazing human being. And we were talking about how important goals are in our own lives. And how not only do we have goals and every single day we're bringing our attention and our efforts to them, but then we're always setting new goals. Successful people have clarity, have specificity, have vision around what they want for their lives, and they keep it top of mind. Megan was sharing uh, in an episode last week, if you didn't listen to that episode, do not miss it. It was a really great one. She was talking about how when she talks with people who are struggling, oftentimes she'll say to them, you know, what is it that you want? And they'll be like, I don't even know. 
Well, my friend, that is where your work is. That is where your priority is to establish some clarity. Set goals. Make them specific. Keep them top of mind. The third rule for success that really differentiates people who are in the struggle and finding change very hard from people who are making big moves and big strides is that successful people make growth a priority. And in my work, I see that a lot of people aren't really making anything a priority. They're just going through the motions. And every day it's about just doing the first thing that needs to be done. I got to get the kids off to school. And then I've got this meeting. And then I got to respond to these emails. And the only thing that takes priority is what comes up. Soccer practice, homework, emails, work deadline, dinner time. And there's a real difference between managing your time and letting your time manage you. Successful people manage their time and make growth a priority. They don't just work on themselves if they're in a mood to or if something motivated them or they have the time that day. It is something they make time for. No different than, you know, some people make the time to have date night with their spouse every week and some people don't, right? It's about what you make time for. Are you making growth a priority? It's not just going to happen spontaneously. We're not just going to all of a sudden have a free window and go, oh, yeah, I can pick up a book or something. If you're going about it that way, when the mood strikes or when you have a free window, success will not be as easy to come by as it will be if you truly make growth a priority. Now, that does not mean that you have to carve out an hour every single day for journaling and meditation and reading. You certainly can. That's one way to do it. But making growth a priority can look like intentionally thinking differently every single day about something. One of the ways that I practice this, just because of my own specific goals and and areas where I have room for improvement, I practice thinking differently in my relationship. We all have our default response, right? Annoyance or brushing somebody off or, um, you know, just going through the motions getting irritated over the same kinds of things. Every single day, I challenge myself to think differently in some way about my relationship. So it could be that something comes up and I'm about to text my partner a question while he's at work and I'm at work like, hey, did you remember to do blah, 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 blah? Well, how can I think about this differently? You know, my normal way is, oh, yeah, I need to ask about this. But how could I think about it differently? Maybe there's a way I could find the answer without asking him. Maybe I could just, instead of sending a text that's just a question, hey, babe, how's your day going? What's been the best part of your day so far? What can we do to make this week special? Or what can we do to make today a great day for us? You know, even that little tiny twist, I think about it differently by not going immediately into the transactional part of the conversation. Did you get this done? Is this taken care of? But making it more about the relationship and making it more about him and making it more about us before just diving into transactional. Because I know for myself that 
in the scope of my days, it's very easy for an entire day to go by that was mostly transactional. Hey, are you feeding the dog before you go to work? Hey, what time do you think you'll be home today? Hey, what do you want to do about dinner tonight? And so I'm trying to think differently in that way. But maybe you need to think differently about your choices. Maybe you need to think differently about your body. Maybe you need to think differently about your past or about your finances. But that can be one thing that that growth looks like for you. Growth can also look like, Beck mentioned this, putting yourself in situations that are outside of your comfort zone. Growth can be thinking about growth differently, right? If when I bring it up, you think mastermind or reading or journaling or meditation, well, think about growth differently. Maybe growth is showing up today as a more patient version of yourself. Maybe growth for you today is pausing every single time before you respond to somebody or a request. Maybe growth for you today is putting 100% into your work instead of 75%. Maybe growth is doing something that's outside of your comfort zone and it's joining that gym or it's scheduling that doctor's appointment that you've been avoiding. Ultimately, this this notion of growth being a priority is that successful people are learners. They aren't just going with the flow. They are always looking to learn from their past, to learn from their experience, to learn from their awareness, from their feelings, or to learn from somebody who's one step ahead of them. Working with a coach, reading a book, listening to podcasts, they make growth a priority. They don't just hope that there's time for it. The fourth rule for success is pursuing possibility. There's no doubt that every single one of us can focus on the barriers, why we don't have time to work out regularly or why our finances aren't easier to manage or why we aren't making more money or why we're so closed off to our partner or our spouse. But successful people don't think in terms of the barrier, the obstacle, what is in the way. They pursue possibility, which ties right back to having a vision. You are either someone who focuses on everything in the way and why you can't and why it's hard and all the times you failed before, or you are someone who genuinely pursues possibility. That's why in the craziest, most chaotic time of my life, I started building a second business because I believe in the possibility of total time and financial freedom I believe that there is time if I make it. I do not tell myself, oh, I'm just maxed out because there's always another way. I can do things differently. I can outsource the things that I don't love doing. Become someone who thinks in terms of what is possible, not someone who thinks in terms of what is not possible. This next one is one of my favorites, and it's probably the one I'm working on most right now, though if you ask me in a few weeks, that answer might be different and that's the way it should be. The fifth rule for success that differentiates people who are really making big strides from people who are struggling is that for successful people, rushing is not a way of life. Rushing is not a way of life. 
And yet, these people who are creating big success are some of the the busiest, even though I don't personally use that word. I don't personally think that I'm busy. I refuse to think that. They have some of the fullest schedules and lives of anybody around. They have more going on than most, and yet they don't rush. I want to change this notion, this generally accepted idea that we have to rush, right? That if we want to be more successful, we have to get more done. And honestly, that's not necessarily the case. Rushing is not a requirement. No matter how full your schedule is, no matter how many things are going on in your life, you can do them and not rush. With my uh, master's club, we are reading Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday. Ryan Holiday also wrote The Obstacle is the Way and Ego is the Enemy. Stillness is the Key is his latest book. But in this book, he talks about how during the Civil War, all of the president's advisors were arguing that like the key to winning was in taking over these big cities. But President Lincoln didn't agree. And he was self-taught, kind of sidebar, self-taught on military strategy. But he, he said no. He very calmly asserted that the key to winning the war was um, taking over this very small city, Vicksburg, because Vicksburg, based on its location, would allow for whoever had Vicksburg would control a major waterway and also some major rail lines. And he was right. Well, what does that have to do with rushing? <laughs> well, the point that Holiday is making when he writes about this is that in our own battles between good and bad impulses, in our battles between our ambition and our principles, in our battles between what we want and how hard it feels to get there, he says stillness is that key thing that we have to capture, the opposite of rushing, that the, the thing on which success depends like in the Civil War, it was Vicksburg. Stillness is the thing on which our success depends. The junction that really controls everything. Rushing cannot be the way of life. And he says, stillness is the key to thinking clearly. Stillness is the key to seeing the whole chessboard. Stillness is the key to making tough decisions, to managing our emotions, to identifying the right goals Stillness is the key to handling high-pressure situations, to maintaining relationships, to building good habits, to being productive. Stillness is the key to physical excellence, to feeling fulfilled, and perhaps most importantly, to capturing moments of joy. Rushing is not a way of life for the most successful people. It's just not. And I said that this is the one I'm working on the most, and I'm doing that by not multitasking. I'm doing that by being present in each activity that I do. So in this podcast, it would be easy to, to be distracted and think like, oh, I wonder if this got taken care of. Am I going to have time to get this done before I have to move to this next thing? But being here now, I'm not rushing. I don't need to speed this up. I don't need to keep my eye on the time. Is this getting too long? I'm here fully right now. 
And when I'm reading, I'm not thinking, oh, should I read one more chapter or two? Because I really have to do like 17 other things. No, I'm just, I'm just reading in that moment. And when I'm having a conversation with my sister or my mother or a client or my partner, I'm not thinking about what I need to do next or let's wrap this up or how can I put a bow on this. I'm just there for it. One of my mantras to myself that Sarah hears me say all the time is, there's enough time, and I refuse to rush. The sixth rule for success that differentiates people who are really thriving from people who are staying in the struggle is that successful people take ownership instead of making excuses. Yeah, we all have these circumstances where we didn't sleep well last night, somebody in the family is sick, some unexpected financial thing came up, things at work are really stressful. Got it, okay. Successful people take full ownership for their choices, for their results, for their progress, for their momentum, for their mood, whereas people who are struggling are making excuses. And they're spending more time on the story of why things are the way they are and why things turned out the way they did, pinning it on these external variables like the weather, like the bank, like the work, the spouse, whatever, the past. Take ownership. We all have the same circumstances that get in our way on a regular basis. A sick kid, a sick family member, a holiday, a vacation, an injury. It's true for all of us. That is part of life. And it doesn't in any way impair our ability to take ownership for where we're at, for what we choose, and for how we behave. The seventh rule for success that you will see in all people who are making massive strides in their lives is that they look for the lesson. When something happens, they're not becoming a victim of it. There are no pity parties. They're looking for the lesson. This could be the thing, though it's hard, though I wouldn't have designed it this way. This could be the thing that moves me to the next level. It could be my stepping stone. Because I'm looking to learn from it. I'm looking to get better as a result of it. Look for the lesson. This eighth one is huge and it is something that I am constantly working on with my own clients. Successful people are excited. They are excited about their goals and or excited about their life but if you are in the struggle and you do not have excitement, then you are far more likely to stay in the struggle than you are to create success. Too many Eeyore people who are like, thanks for noticing me. If you don't know the Eeyore reference, Google Eeyore or Winnie the Pooh. You have to be excited. Enthusiasm is a superpower. That does not mean that we're amped up all day every day. I am incredibly excited about my business future, and yet there are moments that are really hard and really challenging and very frustrating. That doesn't mean that we don't have down moments. 
but you must be excited. That's part of why we do this work to create vision. That's part of why we do this work for personal growth and development. You have to be excited about something. Be excited about the potential for the changes you want to make in your relationship. Be excited about what change you can create in your financial situation. Be excited about becoming a healthier, fitter, happier version of yourself. Enthusiasm and excitement differentiate struggle from success, period. The ninth rule for success. Discipline must be a deliberate practice. Successful people are not born as highly disciplined individuals, right? Sure, there are some of those unicorns out there. But discipline is a choice. It is not something that successful people do only when they feel like it, only when they're having a motivated day, or only when they're getting great results. So many people will say to me like, well, I'm not getting results right now, so I just don't really feel motivated to to do the right thing or to do the work or to stay in the game. You know, maybe they're trying to get out of debt and an unexpected bill came in. So now they're like, I'm kind of just like, what's the point? Why bother trying? Or they're, they're trying to lose weight, but they just got on the scale and saw that it was up two pounds and now they're just not motivated to do the work. Successful people choose discipline as a practice. It does not hinge on their emotional state or their results. It is a practice. Whether that means getting up without hitting the snooze button, getting in that workout, regardless of how you feel, regardless of how you feel when the alarm goes off, regardless of whether or not you want to work out, Discipline is a deliberate practice that does not hinge on our mood results or emotional state. Lastly, and I intentionally wanted to end with this one, the 10th rule for success that differentiates people who are really making strides from people who are struggling is that successful people take action. They are doers. Yes, they love to learn, and yes, they make personal growth a priority, but they take action. Yes, they have vision and they have goals, but they put them into action. They do something with it. They act, and they act again. They are doers. I love that you are listening to this podcast, but what will you do with it? You create those goals. What will you do with them? You think in terms of possibility, but what will you do with the ideas you come up with? You recognize that you're rushing far too much. What will you do with that? Of all the things that you know to do or that you heard today, what will you do with them? How will you put them into action? Because that's where change happens. It's great to know all these things. It's great to be motivated and inspired, but success comes from action. I'm going to put a summary of all of this up on the show notes page, which you can find at primalpotential.com forward slash 674. I will also make sure to put a link for the wait list that is now open for our winter 12 weeks to transformation. There will be a winter session. I'm trying now uh, to figure out what the coaching schedule will look like for those live coaching calls we do every single week. 
registration will open in December. So we still have a ways to go because it will kick off in January. But you can get on the wait list now. I email the wait list every week or every other week, either with some tips and some ideas and some strategies or some inside glances into the fall sessions that's going on now. But you can get on the wait list by either going to primalpotential.com forward slash transform or just by going to the show notes page for today's episode, primalpotential.com forward slash 674. And here is to every single one of us taking action today on one of these 10 rules for success. Make it a great day. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.